With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. And welcome back to another edition of the Unreasonable Odds Podcast. I'm Steve Buchanan, along with my co-host, Julian Edlow, as we get you ready for the Week 5 NFL card. Coming up here, we're going to be recapping our Week 4 bets, talking a little bit about that. We have Johnny Avello, of course, coming on on the Tuesday edition of the show for Odds R. And then we have Ben Rasta coming and doing the study hall with Julian Edlow. talking about segment alert. What? New segment alert. New segment alert. Okay. Didn't you, haven't know. you called this study hall before, before? I don't know. And we usually do it on Thursdays. So this is a new Tuesday thing where Thursday is going to be all NFL. I'm not going to scream. It plays in your face anymore. And then you guess one. It's going to be study hall, 10 minutes on Tuesday's podcast, college football talk. And You're not record, involved f- in it. It's perfect. But for, for the record, I have the best college football betting record on this show. Cause I am a hundred percent three and oh, three and oh, three and oh, yes. What uh, tell me anything besides Florida or sorry, yeah, Florida at Tennessee and then Arkansas twice. Oh, did you even give them out? Whatever, go ahead. Three and oh, doesn't matter. 100%. 100%. We all know who to listen to when it comes to college football, and he's yeah. not in the segment, so that says a lot about the structure of this show. But speaking of structure, we're gonna go to where we always go to at the top of the show. We're gonna go do odds are with Johnny Avello, so hit that music. You heard the music, you know what that means. It is time for Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, we're entering week five of the NFL. How are we doing? Well, guys, well, thanks a lot. All right, well, it seems like the public had a decent weekend in uh, in week four of the NFL. Uh, people piled on the Chiefs, it looked like, in that Sunday night game. Cowboys were public got there eagles public got there the bills depending on the number um the raiders seem to be a side that both sharps and squares could agree on uh which game wound up making betters the most money in week four you know julian you mentioned something there quickly you speak the which number uh and you know the the number has scarcely come into play not only this week but the last two very strange Mm-hmm. Uh, I think two games were affected. This week it was the Vikings Saints and in Lon- the one game in London, and last week it was the Texans at the Bears, and both of those games fell three. So it did depend on which number you got, but for the most part, the number is not coming into play. Um, this week the 
you know, in games, uh, particular games, Chiefs, uh, that was a huge one for the betters, uh, not only on the straight bets, but on multiple parlays. Uh, they were completed, you know, in the last game of the night. Yep. Uh, cards were also a biggie for the public because uh, they won nothing to do with the Panthers in that game. Uh, and I mentioned that London game. Uh, the public preferred the Vikes on the money line. So that was the play for that one. On the flip side, Monday Night Football, we saw an example of the public piling on the Rams, which was the wrong move, by the way. Uh, but we saw some uh, reverse line movement on the Niners, who did get it done at home. What were some of the games the books did the best on this week? Yeah, the Monday Night game, we did extremely well on uh, one of our best outcomes of the year. Uh, even wow. though the number went from Niners 1 to a closer of 2, uh, didn't matter that, that we were – there was a lot of Rams money in that game. Um, other games that were good, Packers not covering against the Pats. That was profitable. Um, a straight-up loss would have certainly been better, more profitable. Uh, the Bills at the Ravens worked out pretty well. You know, Bills winning by just a field goal, uh, even though we took quite a bit of cash on the Bills' money line, but still a good game for us. Um, I'm glad uh, – uh, the Ravens coach decided not to kick a field goal in that game, I guess. And, you know, things work out well for you sometimes. Sometimes they don't. Um, all right. So I noticed some of the most bet props. You talked about that Monday night game. You said it was one of the best games of you for the, the year. Um, but when we got sent, uh, you know, Steve and I put out some of the betting splits. We put out some of the most bet props. I thought this one was really interesting. Uh, the last update I got, the most bet prop for Monday Night Football was Cooper Cup minus three and a half targets over Debo Samuel. So a, a spread essentially on targets, not even receptions. Cup demolished the number, by the way. He had 14 catches on 19 targets. Um, Debo <laughs> landed right on his season average of seven targets. I was just curious to ask you, um, you know, are spreads on head-to-head -head player props uh, on on any numbers, not just necessarily this? Is that something you think we'll see see more of on um, on DK Sportsbook? And it seems like probably more of like a primetime game type of prop. Oh yes, uh, you're going to see more. Uh, this is a new market release this year uh, for this week. Uh, you can look for the rushing head-to-heads. That'll include uh, rushing attempts, money line, uh, rushing attempts with a spread, and a total rushing attempts head-to-head. -head. So, yeah, look for more of this. Since it's so popular, we'll continue to do it in, in uh, you know, new areas of the game. Is that – real quick, Johnny. So is that going to be for – that's not going to be for all games, is it? Or all games uh, and primetime? I think we're going to be able to do it for all games. You know, we, oh, when, uh, you roll, when, you, when you roll something out, you kind of roll it out on a – uh, you know, on a primetime game, but I think it's yep. something that'd probably be popular with with all games. All right, soft open, and and here we go. More props coming to the expansive DK Sportsbook menu. Yeah, I, I definitely love that when we did that for the uh, MLB season totals. Like you could like one of them like that I was um, interested in was like the Mariners having over six and a half wins over the Tigers. You were interested which... in that. Who sent you that one? It doesn't matter who sent Mr. it. Mr. Mariners, I'm just saying I was interested in it. Yeah. Uh, but I, I love yeah, markets I like that. To you, you were interested in it. We but I love markets it. like that. I think that's a, we're, we're a team, you and I, Steve. 
Yeah, some, somewhat. I mean, I usually give the winners, you give the losers. But I, I think that's a, a fun market that people can get into. So I'm uh, really glad to hear that's getting more into the player props. And speaking of that, uh, what are any other player props? I saw some major handle over the week one, uh, the weekend. Which ones won or lost the most for betters? Uh, there was one interesting prop that took a boatload of action, guys. Wait, it was the Raiders kicker, Daniel Carlson, over one and a half field goals. Uh, I when I looked at the last count, we had so much money tickets written on the over and only a handful on the under. It was crazy. Um, so it must have been a release from somebody. But if you even if you handicap it, it made sense. You know, with the with the Denver. Defense, you figured maybe the Raiders had to kick a few field goals in this one, but th- what he was able to achieve that one and a half in the first half. So if you're looking at Carlson, he's 12 for 12 this year, and he's never missed a field goal at home. He's I think he's got 43 or 43 straight at Allegiant, which is just remarkable. Um, uh, some other winners talk about some of those where uh, – Kelsey first touchdown score that was eight and a half to one. Mike Evans and Nick Chubb anytime scores they both cast. Judy, uh, Jerry Judy over forty half, forty five and a half receiving yards. Um, and they did bet Josh Allen under one and a half passing TDs. They got plus a dollar sixty on that one. Uh, you talk about one that didn't get there and it hasn't gotten there lately, and it was very popular last year. Jonathan Taylor. First touchdown score or anytime score. Jonathan not getting it done this year, guys. Where's the – I can't believe you didn't mention this one. We saw the DK Sportsbook Twitter tweeted out, and then we got the – Steve and I got the list of most profitable uh, player props. What about the lunatic that won like a hundred grand on Melvin Gordon under 24 and a half rushing yards or something? Oh that one's got to be on there. <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that one. <laughs> I, I'm just impressed that somebody had the intuition to do that. I guess he had some fumble issues. He had some fumbleuskies coming in, and he fumbled on the play that pretty much finished him. Um, yeah. Congrats yeah. to that. Better. Um, all right. I won't yeah. bring it up again. But No congrats from Johnny. Though. He, he, <laughs> we no, had, no. we <laughs> had to do it once. Okay. Anyway. No, it was a good bet and it worked out. Actually, uh, it's not a bet I don't think I would have made. It didn't, you know, it doesn't no. sound like a bet I'd want to make, but yeah, it worked out for him. Twenty. I wouldn't have put I mean, ten dollars on that. Huh? I wouldn't have put ten dollars on that. At the time, he's like splitting uh, snaps <laughs> right. with Javante, and uh, twenty-four and a half is not much for a running back like Melvin Gordon. But I, wow. Um, okay, week five. <laughs> Another pretty tough board, in in my opinion, here on in the NFL. Um, so I'm very curious. What are some of the games that have taken some of the some of the most money so far? Uh, Titans at the Commanders. That appears to be an early choice. Now a three point favorite. Uh, Chargers at the Browns, up from a two point to three point favorite. Uh, and they also like the Cards, getting five and a half points at home. Versus that unblemished Eagle team. Uh, mm. Chiefs at home laying a touchdown over the Raiders is also getting a little bit of play. And then what games do you expect to see the most movement by the time we get to kickoff? Yeah, you know, it's hard to be a, a you know, card reader here. But, uh, you know, on, on Thursday night football, the Broncos open two and a half. That's currently three. And there's a good chance that thing touches three and a half. 
the Packers opened up seven and a half, now up to eight versus the Giants. I, you know, I can see that thing going to nine. Uh, I believe they will continue to play that Arizona team too. Uh, that thing that may come down to around four or so. So those are three. I think will, will move a little bit more. Um, okay, so we're we're big on teasers on this show, Johnny, and I've found myself placing far fewer this year. I remember at you know through like week five, six last year, I could find one or two two teams six point teasers every week and was doing very well on them. I've placed like maybe two teasers so far this year. Um, and that's probably a good thing because teasers have not been doing well. You guys have been cleaning no. up on the teasers because a lot of legs have not been getting there. Um, any insight into why teasers have been kind of tougher this season? Well, you know, when you bet teasers, uh, Jules, you have to the favorable spots and the confidence to play them, I don't believe has presented itself quite yet. Um you know, let, let's look at this week's slate, for instance, and some of the, I'll use seven, eight point favorites, you know, teasing them down to one or half mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and, and so just teasing them down to win. So the Packers might be a play and maybe weird, the Bucks. Weird London spot now, though, too. Yeah, I know. And the Bucks over the Falcons, you know, that might be a spot. But, uh, but do you really have confidence in the Jags? Uh, to get the W over to Texans or to Vikes over the Bears or even the Chiefs beating the Raiders on Monday Night Football. So I don't think the spots have presented themselves yet, but they will during, as the year goes on. Uh, the year is young and there's uh, some unpredictability right now. Jags, Chiefs. That's the one. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see how it here first. Thursday. <laughs> All right, so we're kind of accustomed to seeing teams coming off the London game on a bye, but that's not the case much anymore. The Vikings and Saints just went down to the wire in one of those games. Now they turn around and play again this week. They're home team, so they have that going for them. But does anything extra go into making the number when a team is coming off an international game and doesn't get that time off? Steve, not a lot. I mean, we'll evaluate that, but I, I don't think so. Um, you know, they're, first of all, their plane ride to and fro is different than our plane ride to and fro. Sure, it is. Yeah. And they also get plenty of time back in the you know, confines of their home. Uh, but we'll certainly keep an eye on this. As you know, uh, there's going to be a trend that happens, and we're going to talk about that trend. It'll be talked about, and the betters will follow that trend. So, you know, odds makers certainly have to stay on top of that. But as of now, no. Um, all right, Johnny, some quick college football before we get you out of here, as usual. A um, little bit different one to lead us off this week because we saw totals move a lot last week because of the storms on the East Coast. Um, I think the the Liberty Old Dominion game went down, like, in the 13-point range. We had some other close to double digit movers. And then as the weather kind of eased up on some of these, we saw them shoot back up. So I'm just curious when, uh, you know, how, how did you guys do on some of those games where we had totals moving all over the place? Did any do really well for the betters? Any really well for the books? Did you guys get middled badly on any of these? Cause movement like this only happens when we have like, you know, natural disaster type weather somewhere. Yeah, some of those big movers didn't didn't really hurt us too much. Uh, you know, a couple of games, like some of the bigger games, the Penn State Northwestern was bet 
under uh, a couple of points, got there easily. Michigan State at Maryland and, and Virginia at Duke were also bet down uh, as the, both of those moves prevailed. Uh, Clemson at home versus NC State was bet down, and that one uh, did go over. Yeah. Uh, the one we got cited on you spoke about was uh, the Georgia Tech at Pittsburgh opened up 50, I think it closed to 47, Atlanta 47. So that's one we got cited on. But those big, big movers, uh, I don't I don't believe any of those really did hurt us in this past week. And kind of going off that week five card, uh, which side made the betters the most money and which side uh, made the book the most money last week? Uh, college football, yeah. Yeah. Um, we did really well on uh, Saturday overall. It was a good day. Uh, Wake beating Florida State. That was a good game for the pub uh, for the public. Uh, and speaking of Wake guys, I really like that kid Sam Hartman. Uh, he's one of those guys that has a will to win. He's got great skills. I look for him to be a pretty good pro. We'll see when this time comes. I don't. He'll probably stick around another year. Or so probably not coming out this year, but we'll see. Uh, other games: Michigan covering at Iowa. That was also a good cash for the betters. Georgia not covering, USC not covering, Oklahoma losing to TCU. Uh, they were all favorable house games for us. All right, so we're going to look into college football week six. Uh, what games have taken the most early money, and are there any out there? Again, I'm going to ask you to take out your crystal ball that you see moving the most by kickoff. <laughs> Yeah, uh, North Carolina at Miami, uh, getting four and a half down to four. That's a play so far uh, from the public. Uh, Pittsburgh at home versus Tech. Uh, Washington State at USC, now getting 13 after opening up 14. And uh, Texas, a touchdown favorite over the Sooners in a Red River showdown, uh, taking a little bit of action. Uh, Sooners have not looked good lately, guys. I don't know. That's nope. a rebuilding year, but things, uh, we'll see if they put it together for this one. They, somebody usually does. Uh, I think the big chalk will continue to move. Michigan at Indiana, 22. That'll probably continue to go up. Georgia home versus Auburn, open 28s up to 29.5. That thing will see 30 or more. Ohio State at Michigan State, 24.5, 20, up to 26.5. Look for 27, 28 there. And Bama, 21 to 24 at home versus A&M. North, every, so I think the chalk this week's going to see a lot of play. You guys opened up, uh, I believe, this morning as we record on Tuesday, October 4th, the first half lines. Bama's sitting 14 first half against Texas A&M. It's the right yeah, number. You guys, should, you guys might as well have opened it just the full game, 24 for the first half. Alabama's going to cream them. Revenge spot, only loss of the year last year at AM. Alabama first half. Bryce Young, no Bryce Young. There's your prediction, which we will talk about later on the show because we now have a college football segment on Tuesdays, but we will get to that later. This segment is called Odds Are with Johnny Avello. Johnny, thanks for the time, as always. You're welcome, guys. All right, as always, thanks to Johnny Avello for that odds R segment. Now we're going to talk about some winners and losers from last week. We'll get right to with a Thursday night game there. Bengals, Dolphins, 27-15 from the Bengals in that game. Julian, thoughts? How would we do? 
Another up and down week for me. Um, the Bengals, I guess, count as a winner and a loser for me because I bet them at minus three. I said on the podcast, lay it with the Bengals, and I did, but I also didn't want to lay over three. So I got cute, and when it came time to um, put my article out, I said go Bengals money line, parlay them with uh, New Mexico State. They're playing FIU, the 131st team out of 131 in college football. We will talk about some of this more later in the podcast during the college football uh, segment, but they lost at home outright. So split the Bengals plays, I guess. Um, Segment's called winners and losers. So let me just rifle through the rest of my winners and then you can do yours. Best bet on the podcast, best bet on the sweat. Giants laying the two and a half. The Bears stink. That was an ugly one, but it got there and wasn't too threatened. uh, One by eight. Took the public side on on the Cowboys, laid the three against the Commanders. Cooper Rush, 4-0 straight up, and against the spread as a starting quarterback now. Um, that one got there against the Commanders. Pressuring Carson Wentz, that was just, I, I don't care. Sharp, square, um, as our friend Sherapane says, rhombuses, whatever you, shape you want to call it. Cowboys were just the right side. And then going on to Monday Night Football, I know we didn't even touch it on the podcast, but it's hard to have a take that early. So I got around to it on the sweat on Monday. Niners money line and Stafford anytime I uh, interception. Those both got there to to round out the week of my winners. Steve, what did you win on? I know you had I know your teaser that you gave out on the podcast got off to a rough start, but got there. Uh, yeah, it, it did. And, you know, that was with the Eagles and Packers. And then when you think oh, wait. about it didn't get there, did it? No, it didn't. No, it was the Eagles oh, Packers. God. Right. Uh, but it did start get off to a rough Never start. Never mind. I tried, were... to tee you up. I tried to tee you up for a winner. That was a loser. Did you win anything? Well, well, well here's uh, to be fair. I was on Eagles six, minus six and a half regardless. So on that was this... that was whatever. Yep. On yes. The you gave that out. That's correct. So that so that was a winner. Uh, it didn't look like it was going to be one early when they were down 14 nothing. And I'm like, maybe this team, this Jaguars team, aren't the frauds that, you know, I was thinking maybe they would be. No, they have a connection to Emerson Lazio, so they certainly are frauds. Right. So they go down 14 nothing, and I'm like, wow. You know, the the, the part that I – because I felt very strong about the teaser with the Packers side too. Um, But the Eagles get out to that early deficit, and I was like, holy crap, this is just not going to go well at all. And I was even already thinking about taking the Eagles live, which I did not end up doing, but that was something that if, if any of you all uh, were able to do, that was certainly the play to make there. So the Eagles not only come back, but they come back uh, really strong. Like the second half for that game for the Eagles was tremendous. It was like a tale of two teams. It felt like the Jaguars really didn't show up in the second half at all. Trevor Lawrence was really continues to have issues with ball security. That's been an issue there too, but the Eagles end up prevailing. Then we get to the Packers game, and I'm like, okay, you know, if I made it through the Eagles, I'm certainly going to get it with the Packers. I, I I can't imagine a scenario where we ended up with the third string Patriots quarterback, and we still don't cover in the end. Like I was extremely confident already because you got you know Brian Hoyer and his bald head coming out, and then the bald head is what knocks him out of that game, anyways. But by the way, did you see that hit that 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 knocked so him out of the game? You're saying that if he had hair. He wouldn't have gotten hit in the head so hard, and he probably would have stayed in the game. Yeah, cushioning. Yeah. Right. I, I, in all honesty, though, the hit that was delivered to him, I felt like it was nothing. Right? Like, it didn't look – I mean, granted, like, con- like concussions are obviously not something to, to mess with or anything like that. But, like, it felt so um, – like, it wasn't a big hit or anything. 
So when I got, saw him walking, he got kind of steamrolled. No, he did. He did. But so when I saw him walking off the field, I was like, oh, I mean, this is, I mean, wrap it up. I don't even need to watch the game now. But, you know, Zappy comes in, the next Brady, and probably the best quarterback we've seen on the on the Patriots so far this season. He looked great. But, you, and, and, you know, to my, huh? You got zapped. I did. And we didn't end up covering, which is incredible. Um, and that, that, that had to be considered one of the bigger upsets on the board because I believe that closed at nine and a half is what it ended up closing at. Uh, that was up to 10 at one point. But I believe it closed at nine and a half. Uh, if you teased it down, you got it to three and a half, and Patriots covered in the end. So that was an extremely annoying loss because, again, when you're facing the second quarterback and then you get to the third quarterback and you still don't cover, especially with that Packers team, that was that was surprising. Any other losers you want to go over before I go to my losers? Uh, that was pretty much it. I, I was not crazy about the board last week. Yeah, you didn't bet much, right? Yeah, I, did, I was not crazy about the board last week. Oh, um, I did have the over Rams, uh, not Rams, uh, Bills-Ravens. I could not believe that, that that did not get there, especially with the start that uh, that game had. If I'm not mistaken, the Ravens didn't even score in the second half, I think it Correct. is what ended up happening. Yeah. There were 30 that points was... in the first half, 20 to 10 yep. at halftime. We yep. needed 51. Um, and it ends 23-20. Buffalo, a 13 nothing second half. In the first half, we felt like our analysis was spot on, that this should be – it didn't make sense that this was coming down so Drop, much. Drops four points. Weather yep. plays no role. They're scoring at No role at all. Buffalo is going to pick it up, and we're going to have a shootout second half, and it's going to fly yep. over. So, nope. yeah, I mean, we the, talked the, about the, that one with Elliot a lot last week, and we were right. all kind of in agreement there that that was just – we were just getting four points of value for no real reason – um, with two elite quarterbacks, and we took it. Right. And should have been a first half over, I guess. You know, this this would be the type of game that Twitter would say you guys are idiots and stupid and trolls, and how how could you not see that this was game was going to go under? That's that's one of those classic spots that we would get. Re- I, you know, I mean, I, w- I would have played the over again. Um, oh, so 100%. That- I, I play the over every single time. Every single time. So that's a combo combo loss for us. Um, the rest of my losers, the rest of my losers were I put out you know an hour before kickoff. We we got from the three and a half to the three on Steelers Jets. Yep, and I laid the three with the Steelers. Um, rough first half. But part of the analysis, you know, they got in there with a defensive touchdown. That was part of my feeling. Like, Zach Wilson's not good. He's rusty. Yep. And you go to Pickett, who throws three interceptions, but still is a good spark. I just don't yep. get – I put that one on Tomlin. Like, good call to go to Pickett. But why are they throwing there, like, getting into field goal range to go up six late in the game, and you're throwing Pickett throws his third interception, give up yep. two 70-plus yard drives at the end to – um, stupid Zach Wilson to lose that game. That was that was a dumb. I mean, if you just coach that better, you kick and you're up twenty six to twenty. Um, I don't know. That I wasn't happy about that one. Um, well, the unfortunate thing is too is that I'm now I'm already kind of starting to sweat my under six wins for the Jets. I'm on it too. You know? Two and you two. know, because they, they stole two. they stole that one against the Browns. That was the worst thing that could have happened. Because this yep. should have been their first win. This should have been their first win. And it, even when this, I'm looking even, at this, 
and even this was like kind of a remarkable late comeback. Yeah. The uh, the Browns one is just never should happen, but to be fair, like if, when I'm looking at the schedule and I'm thinking how many games realistically the Jets could win, this was one of the games and I'm like, yeah, they could win this game against right. the Steelers. So I'd be okay with that. But the Browns win against the Browns is what really screwed up everything. Now I'm like, oh, I'm, honestly, I'm, I'm thinking I'm just going to push in the end. I think that is probably the best case scenario. I don't think I'm getting the under anymore, but I do think I don't think they get seven. But seven. I'm already thinking I'm in I'm in a push here at week five. And that's that's unfortunate. Well, uh, when we when we look ahead after this, we can talk about that Miami and uh, New York Jets game. Um, yeah. Last loser for me. I wrote up the Bucks, the sharp side, the public slamming the Chiefs. I added to it when Julio and Godwin were ruled in. And I knew when they fumbled that opening kickoff that it was going to be the wrong side. That one was basically determined on the two turnovers. They gave the Chiefs a 20-yard field twice. And while it feels like the Bucks got dominated, that was their best offensive performance of the season, and two key turnovers lost them that game. So that was the last loser. Um. Okay, let's look ahead in NFL for a few minutes here. Um, we like to highlight the Thursday night game on the Tuesday podcast. So, unfortunately, we're going to have to talk some Broncos and Colts here. Right. Uh, I don't know. Um, I thought. I feel Colts- pretty good about the Broncos. You feel good about the Broncos? I feel pretty good about the Broncos. I'm okay with taking them at three. Yeah. Okay. I am. I mean, because right, here's the way I look at it is – Matt Ryan has not been an upgrade by any stretch of the means. And now you got a very strong secondary on, on the Broncos side. It's going to be tough to run the ball against Denver anyways. And now you have Jonathan Taylor with an ankle Taylor. injury on a short week coming back. Yeah. You know, so even if he is active, which all signs are pointing to him being active, barring a setback during practice over the next couple of days. But even if he's active, it wouldn't be a strong matchup for him to begin with. Well, and we like just, really I mean, we just heard from Johnny betters are slamming uh, Taylor props and he's not getting there this year. Right. Right. So it's not a great matchup for him anyways. So now I'm putting him at what? Maybe 70, 60% in this game. So there's that. And like the only strong path for the Colts to kind of move the ball downfield is with their tight ends. That's where you can kind of exploit the Denver defense so far as with these tight ends. Now, to their credit, the Colts have been doing this already. They're running a lot of two tight end, even three tight ends out on the field at a time. And that's why we saw multiple tight ends with multiple catches last week. Uh, it was Moley Cox. Uh, I forget the other guy's name already. Franzen or something. I, I Off the top of my head, I forget who it is. Um, but they've been using multiple tight ends out there uh, often. So that's been something that that is a path where they could do that. But, you know, Matt Ryan's been under a ton of pressure, like 28% of his dropbacks has already thrown four interceptions when he's under pressure. They're going to get pressure on him here. So there's way too many negatives that I can point out for the Colts over the Broncos. Cause if anything, I know that losing Javante Williams is big, but like maybe this in a weird and twisted way, is where the Broncos start to really start to heavily rely upon Russell Wilson. And then that's where his talent and that's where those receivers can start to come through. Cause they they can't run Melvin Gordon as their RB one. Like I like uh, with his ball security, like in the way that he's been using the ball, like, so what now you're running what Boone as your RB one, then you might as well just Latavius be Murray away. has been Latavius Murray flew 
yeah. to London to get signed by the Saints. And yep. now the Broncos, right, have yep. signed him off the practice squad. So he's now a Bronco. Yep. So he's going from playing the Sunday game in London to the Thursday night football game in Denver. Right. Um, but like, so like, I, but I have to, I have to seriously wonder how much involvement he's going to have. Like the, the turnaround is just way too quick. No, no. Right. right. It, I, yeah. So, so not available as we talk on Tuesday on, uh, on uh, DK Sportsbook. I'm going to be curious on Melvin Gordon props uh, because they have ugh. to use him and right. going to be slammed into his head all week. Hold on to the football. Um, so I hope the Colts win the game because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm invested in the Colts division. They just stink. Yeah. Um, Denver's coming off a loss and coming home. It should be a spot that they can win. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea about the game. I'm curious in Melvin Gordon props and I'll be cheering for the Colts. Yep. Um, all right, let's go to the rest of the Sunday board and do our, our look ahead here uh, before we get to study hall and do some college football. Um, I'll let you I'll let you start us off here. Anything on the week five card that uh, where you want to go? Obviously, we'll cover most of this on the Thursday podcast. Um, so, yeah, re- really up to you. We'll just touch on a couple games here. Yeah, I, I um, immediately saw the Niners six and a half point favorites against the the Panthers. Like the Panthers are just they're putrid, man. They, that was shorter. So, that was so like bad. four four and a half on the look ahead if you wanted it last week. And now after yeah. what we saw from both teams, but I I I agree they should demolish Baker, uh, Baker Mayfield. Only red flag short week out east after a Monday night football game. And if I knew if I was like look if I was doing a look ahead line. I think I would probably be hesitant to take it at four and a half without seeing them against the Rams first. Right. I think the Rams might stink. Well, that's the problem line and Stafford's been awful. Well, that's the problem. So like I was higher on the Rams going into that game and I'm, I'm always down on the Niners. Like this has just been like a stick that I didn't even mean to have, but like I've been down on the Niners for years. Like I just, I can't stand Jimmy Garoppolo. I, I don't like him at all. He's just, he drives me crazy. But that was probably one of the better performances I've seen from the 49ers in a long time against a team that is still trying to figure themselves out because I think the Rams are like having like massive identity issues. Like the, the, the non-usage the non-usage of Allen Robinson is just so curious to me. And like I can't figure it out. Like I know that you're always going to be naturally going to Cooper Cup, but it's like you have a legitimate wide receiver too. And now it's like, okay, yeah. maybe it wasn't the Bears. Maybe it's Robinson at this point because like that's what it feels like at this point. Right? Imagine- like Imagine if Stafford didn't have Cooper Cup to target 19 times last night, four catches for like 120 whatever yards. If Stafford, with that O-line, the way he's throwing the ball, didn't have Cooper Cup. Yep. We're talking Lions Day is bad for the uh, for the Rams. Yep. But, um, you know, six and a half for the for the 49ers against that Panthers team. Like, I don't I don't even care. Like Baker Mayfield has been that bad. We're already getting the rumblings of if he's going to be the starter moving forward. Like if you're there already in week five and like the potential answer is that may, well, maybe they move Sam Darnold into the start. The team's a mess. Team's an absolute mess. There's nothing. They can't get DJ Moore going. I mean, granted he had a better game finally last week, but like that was a stretch. I think he was like almost half of Baker Mayfield's passing yards last week. It was bad. But like, I was shocked that 
it's only at six and a half. And I, granted, like you mentioned, it's gone up two points since last week. But like, I look at six and a half and I'm like, okay, so here's my first teaser leg. And then here, I'll just take the, the Niners straight up at six and a half too. All right. Um, yeah, I, so a couple spots for me this week, I guess. Um, you just mentioned a teaser leg, so let's start there. I'm looking at three potentials, and I'll decide on two legs to make a two-team teaser. I'm looking at Jacksonville at home against Houston. Houston's been good. They stay in games, and they beat Jacksonville twice, I think, last year. But this is a different Jacksonville team, and now they're coming home, and they're coming off a loss. Sure. I think Jaguars are pretty solid. Um, so I think they're going to get that game. Niners, I think think are a safe spot. I'm just nervous about the road short week. Um, and then the chiefs on Monday night football against the Raiders. I don't think the Raiders are very good. They had to get that win against a bad Broncos team on the road. I, I think that the chiefs should get that one. Um, the Raiders generally get one each year off the chiefs, but I yeah. don't think this is a year that we're going to see that. Now. No, so, here, so here's my only question to you though. Was the chiefs performance indicative of the Buccaneers or just the Chiefs themselves? I think mostly the Chiefs. I think mostly the Chiefs. I think because they put the points on the board. Um, Mahomes was great, and they did it against a defense that was playing really well. Tampa had their best offensive game of the season. Right. So I think it showed more that Mahomes can just break down any defense that he wants when he's in the right mindset and not crapping his pants at home in the AFC Championship game against the Bengals. Um, so I, yeah, I think the chief, I think it just speaks to the chiefs being really good because my, my counter to you is that for as good as the chiefs looked last week, offensively, they also gave up 31 points in the loss. And you mentioned that the chiefs, that was probably their best offensive game that they had, but it was, that's, that was just, and I know Brady threw like what best offensive game times in that game had was the Arizona game. Yeah. Yeah. That was the best handball offensive game though. But I just worry about because I think we're we're getting away from the fact that yes, the Chiefs had one of their best games of the season, but the Chiefs also defensively had one of their worst games of the season. And obviously the Raiders are not that offensive juggernaut that Tampa can be, but the Raiders have been pretty good offensively overall. Like we have I feel like mm-hmm. we haven't seen the full potential of the Raiders offense because quite frankly, Devontae Adams has not been the guy that we thought he was going to be with his buddy right. Derek Carr. So once that is like unlocked, this could kind of be the week that that happens. In my if the Raiders are playing from behind against this high powered offense, like that's just that's just where I'm at there with that. I think Kansas City's defense was in a tough spot. Like you're on the road against Brady with all of his weapons back and the Chiefs go up big early. So like Brady was throwing the ball all game, pushing the ball downfield. So I think that kind of played into the points too. Yeah. Yep. Um, All right. So those are the potential teaser legs I'm looking at. Johnny mentioned this Arizona Philly number potentially coming down. I, would, I don't want to just keep, I don't want to just keep riding the Eagles and like betting them as road favorites all year because they're going to hit some bumps in the road, but I'm just not a believer in Arizona. I think yeah, I was going to say this ain't the week fluke. We fluke win against the Raiders in overtime beat up on a bad Panthers team. Uh, you know, the Rams were down on the Rams, right? The Rams came into Arizona and beat up on them. Yep. And then Kansas City smoked them in Arizona. 
if this is four, four and a half, I'll consider laying it with the Eagles um, in that one. And then the last game, or two, sorry, two more games that I want to talk about. Teddy Bridgewater as a starting quarterback on the road in his career is 24 and six against the spread. We're getting a discount here on the Dolphins. Dolphins have had 10 days off. Yep. You're at the Jets. The Jets are riding high off another miracle win. They got smoked by the Bengals off their last miracle win. I like my I like laying the three with Miami here. Well, I was gonna say too, like from a betting perspective, you can't get a better backup than Teddy Bridgewater. From a betting perspective. Not mm-hmm. talking about, you know, all around play. So from a betting perspective, Teddy Bridgewater is probably the best backup you could ask for if you wanted to back the Dolphins. Real quick too, on the Cardinals, I know early in the season, 0 and two against the spread at home. Failing to cover by almost 11 points. There you go. Um, last game. Interesting one. Lions and Patriots. We don't know who the Patriots uh, quarterback is. Okay, I'm glad you brought this up. I don't get this at all. I really don't. I don't get what it. What don't you get? The Patriots are three-point favorites. Why? Against the Patriots, who? The Patriots are going to win this game. Um, oh. I don't know if I'm going to bet them or not. It was a pick. There was a, it was a pick before the week. The Patriots have grown as three points at home. Um, regardless of who the quarterback is, the Lions' defense is so bad, and the Patriots ran the ball so well at Lambeau. I'm pretty convinced that they're just going to run it all over the Lions and be good enough on defense to win the game. The question is, do I want to play over 46, 46 and a half? Because the Lions are going over, they're 4-0 to the over, going over by 21 points per game. Their games average just over 70 points per game now. That said, the Lions have played all four games indoors, three home games and one game in Minnesota. Now you're going to be outdoors at Foxborough. It has really chilled here in the New England area this week, Steve. Um, Oh, yeah, that matters. I don't, yeah, my mailbox down the street, I had to walk to it the other morning. It was freezing. (laughs) Uh, so I don't know, wind, we'll see what it's like out. I, it could be, and with St. Brown and Swift hurt, like maybe now the injuries on the offensive weapons for Detroit catch up in this outdoor game against a Belichick defense. I think the defense is a little overrated, but like, you know, Jones pick six on Rogers. That's a legit play. You got I'm either one. going Patriots or over. It's not going to be both, but I don't see the Lions winning this game on the road. And if the what about T's and Lions right, up to nine? Hmm? What about T's and Lions up to nine? Not for me, but I, that does feel pretty good, but not for me. Right. Um, this is going to be, this is probably a game that I have to bet on Sunday, regardless of how I'm betting it. But those are my thoughts on it. I, I just, so the crazy the thing is, three, it seems like. Probably. Okay. Probably. I'd love to get a three and a half. Like half is a game you liked. Um, I, I, I wanted to wait on injury news first because it has a lot of injuries on the on the Lions side. But so let me ask you this. Both teams are healthy. What's the line? Six and a half, because that's what it was preseason. Six and a half in favor of the Patriots? Yes. The Patriots look at line <laughs> before the season was six and a half here. No, I know. Li- who are the Lions in the league six and a half point road favorites against? Nobody. Right. 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 So, okay. So, okay. so well, if it's. Well, go ahead. What else? 
What if it's Hoyer? I don't think Hoyer versus Zappy moves the line. I think Mac. Oh, I'm Jones sorry, could... sorry. I, I I know that that doesn't make a difference. I'm saying from your perspective, what if it's Hoyer? Oh, I like Zappy more than Hoyer, but I think they're going to run the ball so much in this game. I don't really yeah, care. Yeah, true. I still lean. True. I still lean Patriots. They yep. they looked really good running the ball at Green Bay. Um, and I think the Detroit I, defense I, isn't one that's going to just stop the run. I think I'm, I think I'm going to tease them up. I think that's what I'm going to end up doing in this one. That's fair. All right, that's our look ahead. We'll be back with a guest on Thursday to do a lot more look ahead. Um, Study Hall with Ben Rasa coming up. We're talking some college football. All right, welcome into Study Hall. 10 minutes a week on the Tuesday podcast. Maybe 12, Samir, if that's okay with you. Um, <laughs> and for the occasion, we welcome in friend of the podcast, Ben Rasa of stochastic.com. Ben, how we doing? I'm good, man. Yeah. It's been a little while. Excited to, uh, get in some college football here season. Do you believe it's week six? Week six of college football. Before we can go to week six, I have to say one thing about week five. You and I were both on New Mexico state against the worst team in college football FIU. FIU is 131 out of 131. They lost 73 to nothing uh, the week prior. They went to overtime with Bryant, as you pointed out to me. So there is no way. I mean, New Mexico State is one of the worst teams in the country. They're laying over two touchdowns against this FIU team. That's how bad they are. So what happens? FIU wins the game 21 to 7. Both of us are rather enraged about that. So I will just start off the week six card. I laid four with UConn. I asked you what you liked this week. I knew where you were going, and I I had already bet it. UConn, minus four, on the road against FIU. UConn beat, it's now five, it's going up. I probably like it up to like six. They're going on the road now, but they beat, Fresno State was without a quarterback, but they beat a legitimate team last week, UConn. Um, I would say they had the better of the win, and there's no way FIU can do this twice in a row. Correct, Ben? I mean, I I wish I could have seen that game. I couldn't even find the FIU game, so we talking, I don't know yeah, what happened. I was like, I need to watch. I need to figure out what's going on. I the the moral of the story, and I'll save some time. It, it just turns out that Hawaii is actually probably the worst team because New Mexico State destroyed Hawaii. Yeah. But that's neither here nor there. UConn is better this year. They were competitive against Utah State. They crushed Central Connecticut State, which isn't a real team. My one knock on them, it's not their fault. They got a ton of injuries. But I don't think that will matter here. I'm not going to overreact to one week. I am riding with you. I bet UConn at four. It's up to five. I'll say anything inside a touchdown. Six and a half or better. Fire up the Huskies. All right. We're 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 in alignment there. Um, you want to go to another spot that you like, Ben, on this week's card? Sure. So I'll, I'll probably rotate between extremely egregious and real teams. Yes. I, I you know the, me. I have all the real teams on my card. So I'll, I'll do these big games and then you can take us okay. into the sewers. Beautiful. I'm going to stick out of the sewers just for the first one here. I like Tennessee. Uh, I, I really just like this team in life. They are hitting the road, but they're a three-point favorite against LSU. I know Tillman probably not going to be there, but he wasn't there last week. Right. They have plenty of depth at wide receiver. They play extremely fast. LSU is a mess. They should have lost to Auburn. Daniels got banged up in that very game. I watched it. They got injuries all over the place. I think Tennessee simply outscores them on the road. Alignment there, Tennessee minus three, put it out. I actually put this one out before the week five card because we had a look ahead line on DK. I put out the minus three. 
I thought I was going to get some value there. Turns out I didn't, but whatever. It's I, I love the play. I'm on Tennessee. They did lose a cornerback who's now out for the season, a starting corner. But I don't like LSU. They have the receivers, but they haven't been that team that can burn you deep. I'm in agreement with you there. That is on my card. Let me take you locally to Chestnut Hill, where the Red Bandana game is always a fun night um, at Boston College. They beat, I think it was Virginia Tech last year. It was a really fun game. It's always fun. It's not going to be fun for BC that Clemson is here on Saturday night. If this was a noon game, I would maybe say down spot for Clemson off the big primetime ABC win against NC State, who's a legit team coming into Clemson, the revenge game. But this is once again the 7.30 ABC game. BC has five new offensive linemen on that line. They can they win a shootout type of game against Louisville. That's fine. Louisville's not very good. This Clemson D-line is going to wreck the Boston College offensive line, and the offense has been pretty good for Clemson. They moved it against a really good, really veteran NC State defense. I laid the 20 with Clemson. I think this one is going to be a beatdown in Chestnut Hill with the Eagles coming off uh, an impressive win. I hear you. Certainly this one is now flirting at straight three touchdowns. So you got a good line there. It's it's just a talent disparity. What's there to say? And I don't think Clemson, you know, not to give excuses to Georgia, but I get that they're a little bored. Clemson shouldn't be bored at all. They had an awful season last year. Like they should be ready to go even off a big win against NC State. So I don't think there's like a look ahead aspect. I don't think there's a sleepwalking aspect. It's not like they're the defending champs and they have to go up to Chestnut Hill in a sleepy game. I expect them to, it's going to be pretty bad. How bad it'll be, I don't know, but it's Clemson or pass for me in this spot too. All right, fire us off with another one, Ben. All right, now, there's no better time. Here we go. Okay, last week, I bet Akron. They fought like hell for my money against Bowling Green. Now, they're 11 and a half point dogs against Ohio. Ohio should not be 11 and a half point favorites against any team in the country. I don't think that Akron's particularly good, but they got a ton of transfers into the portal. They really bolstered their ranks and they can score. They fight. Ohio gave up 52 points to Fordham. Fordham is not a real school for football. I would know we are both sons of the A-10. That's a basketball school, if you could even say that at this point. Ohio's very generous. Like Ohio is just a team that is giving up a ton of production to every team. Akron is going to hang in that game. I think one of the most... Biggest edges you can have is when max schools get into conference play. It's a totally different scenario because all of them go on the road and get beat up by Tennessee and Michigan. None of those scores mean anything. Now they get into, you know, competitive games. Ohio is not a good team. Akron is not 11 and a half points worse than them. Give me the points. Give me plus 350 on the money line if you want to sprinkle. All right. I like it. Um, Spoke to Kenny White before the season. He liked the Akron win total over two and a half, which is in a tough spot. But uh, yeah, I, I, this would go a long way for that if they can win. Certainly. So I am rooting for you there and I'm rooting for you outright. Um, all right. Another one of these night games. These night games are going to be awesome. I'm going to be triple screening um, a few of these. <clears throat> BYU getting three and a half in Vegas against Notre Dame. Notre Dame came back, got the big win that they needed to get in um, in Chapel Hill. Against a really bad UNC defense, they ran the ball all over the place. Now you're playing a veteran BYU team that has 19 starters back and is good on defense, is good on offense. I just think BYU is the more polished team, and this is a this is a sell 
high spot, maybe on Notre Dame, whatever you want to call it. The look ahead line was around a touchdown before the year. It's been a pick on the look ahead line when Notre Dame was kind of not as good. Now it's right in the middle at three and a half. I, I'd like BYU to, to win this game against the Irish in Vegas. I think this is a down spot for Notre Dame. Yeah, Notre Dame, uh, I think their deficiencies haven't been fully exposed because North Carolina is so bad. Right. The, the quarterback really didn't have to do anything. BYU returned all 11 on defense. And although they haven't been great at times, they've got a dynamic quarterback. Uh, you know, Nakua is permanently hurt, but Romney, you know, has been in and out of that lineup. I think they're going to do enough. I'll tell you this much. I don't know how, if either team was three and a half point dogs, I'd probably take the points. To me, this is a straight coin flip. Three and a half is really important in a game like this. So if you're going to tell me you can get better than plus 150 on a money line or you're getting pertinent points, I, it's hard to argue with that logic. Beautiful. Um, all right, let's run through one more each before we get out of here. Um you might be able to guess where I'm going with my last one and you can go ahead mm. first. Cause I don't think you're going to touch it anyway. I don't think I am. I'm going to go. Okay, come on. If college game day is in Lawrence, mm -hmm. uh, I got to at least talk about it and not to rain on the parade, but I don't think people, maybe they've noticed, but Oklahoma's got issues. TCU is no joke. They got guys all over the place. Dugan at quarterback. And as, as awesome as the story with Kansas is Houston turned out to be extremely fraudulent. Yeah. West Virginia is okay. Iowa State's got problems. They're, they're a very impressive undefeated team. They haven't played anybody like TCU. The speed of TCU, Johnson on the outside's a pro. Miller in the backfield is a problem. They've got cornerbacks that will slow Kansas. Anything inside a touchdown, I hate to be that guy. I think TCU really exposes Kansas here. I like TCU to run through them. I agree, and I'm mad I didn't act on this early because it's really moved all week, throughout the early week. Like, we're recording this on Tuesday, so... Yeah. Early movement, but I, I think I'm with you there. This is where, you know, yes, college game day finally gets there. They're ranked, and then they let down, of course. So I'm, I'm with you there. It's, it's a cool story, but I, I think this is a little different level of competition. <laughs> yep. Speaking of different level of competition, I've had this spot circled <laughs> for a full calendar year. Alabama lost at Texas A&M last year. You know what I haven't put out once this year as a play? Alabama first half. I haven't done it once. You know what my favorite thing to bet in college football is? Alabama first half. Came out on Tuesday morning, 14 on DK Sportsbook. We don't even know who the Alabama quarterback is going to be at the time. It could be Bryce Young. It could be the backup who looked like a fantastic running back um, against Arkansas. Uh, I don't care. Texas A&M stinks. Texas A&M is bad. They, the defense is okay. They're not good on offense. They just gave up 42 to Mississippi State on the road last week. Now you're on back-to-back -back SEC road games for the Saturday night Bama game. Bama is pissed about last year. Saban and Jimbo Fisher don't like each other anymore. Alabama is going to pour it on in this game, and there is nothing that Texas A&M can do to stop it. And if they don't cover this first half, my entire reputation is on the line. But they are going to go, 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 and I think the Alabama defense is really going to show up. If it's... um. King at quarterback, like for AM, gross, gross, gross. Alabama balls to the wall first half uh, at home on Saturday night. You may only need 17 points. It's that kind I, of situation. I think that I was going to say, I think AM could get shut out in the first half. They have no offense. Uh, I like if you look at the Arkansas game, they 
the reason they won that game is because they scored on a lateral fumble uh, of KJ Jefferson last week in Mississippi state. They were just dismantled. So it's hard to push back regardless of who's under center. I don't know how Texas A&M is going to move the ball. There you go. That's, that's the spot of the year. Um, only because I've had it circled for a year. Um, yeah, the full year. <laughs> yes. Ben Rasa, thank you for joining us in study hall here on the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Steve Buchanan and I will be right back to close out the show. All right, thanks to Ben Rasa for joining Unreasonable Odds, doing the study hall with Julian Edlow. I, I really, I went and got some gummy bears, had a nice break here, but here to do, to close the show here for this Tuesday edition of the show, of course. Thursday, we'll be back. We'll be going over the extensive look at the week five card here with a special guest too, as well to be determined. Don't you worry. This will be a three man crew here on Thursday. We'll be giving our best bets for the week. Hopefully we have a better week than we did last week because that was very annoying. And the Packers need to beat the Patriots by more than three points against the third string quarterback, but that's neither here nor there. And maybe I'll have a decision on how I'm betting this Lions Patriots game. I think that's going to be something to that. That's a that's a major tease right there. That that gets asses in the you're, te- right you're literally teasing a teaser. That's right, right, right. I mean, I, I'm all teased out at this point. All right. Well, okay. No that's going to wrap it. End with that. <laughs> that's going to wrap it up for this Tuesday edition of Unreasonable Odds for Julian Edlow. I'm Steve Buchanan for Samir Dayuk. Hello. Goodbye. Our odds and lines are subject to change. If you know anyone that has a gambling problem, call one eight hundred Gambler. Mm-hmm.